Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Howdy, and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is March 12th, 2019. I'm your host, Eric Clark, and thanks for tuning in to another fun-filled episode. Um, today on the show, I bring in guest Nick Albanese, and uh, we really got into the weeds of their new product. Uh, let me back up a second because I'm just so damn excited. New Era Archery. Um, released a new product about a month ago called Zeus Broadheads. And um, Nick and I get into a lot of the details about the product, how they've tested it, um, kind of where it's at today since its inception to the market about a month ago. And then we had a lot of listener call in um, to this show as well as a lot of listener comments on the Facebook Live broadcast that we do for this. So if you have any questions as you're listening to this, just keep listening and uh, there's a good chance your questions might get answered. And if you want to get hands on their products, obviously you can go buy them. Uh, Nick at the end does share where you can go find their products. Um, ZeusBroadheads.com, I believe, is a domain um, or New Era, New Era Archery.com, if I'm getting that correctly. They have social channels as well, but they're going to be at the Deer and Turkey Expo in Madison, Wisconsin, on the last weekend of March. So it might be a great time to, like I said, meet uh, Nick and get your hands on the product. Hopefully this episode brings some value to your day and to your hunt this season. That is what I try to do in every single episode. If I've done that, go ahead and give me a review on iTunes. It'd mean a ton to me. If I haven't, give me a review on iTunes and I'll learn from that. So uh, I'll go ahead and bring Nick on right now. Thanks so much, everybody. Today with me on the show, I have Nick Albanese. Did not butcher the last name. Uh, he is with, well, <laughs> Zeus Broadheads is going to be um, a big part of our conversation today, but he's with New Era Archery, and you guys are out of the East Coast, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? That is correct, Eric. Thank you. I rock on. Well, cool, man. Thanks so much for, for taking time. I always stay out of the woods, but it's not that time of year, so thanks for taking time out of your busy day to hang out on the Where to Hunt podcast. No, I appreciate you having me, to be honest with you. I enjoy this kind of stuff, you know, getting the word out, having guys have interest in what I got going on is super awesome. I'm very interested. I have a dedicated audience here in Wisconsin that I think has showed some interest earlier today when I was talking about it on social media. So, you know, we'll see if we get anyone to call in on the show today asking questions, but uh, maybe just start by talking a little bit about, you know, um, kind of how the, how the, how you came into the space seven years ago and, and how things have evolved and kind of where you're at now with everything. Okay. Uh, so very cool. I, uh, I started seven years ago with a product I invented called Steadyform. Um, Steadyform uh, mounts to a compound bow. Uh, once uh, 
mounted properly, it's an anchor point for consistent palm placement. And I did that to aid hunters in awkward angles, side hills, uphill, awkward shots from tree stands and ground lines. Um, improper palm placement is a lot of what goes wrong in, you know, high adrenaline situations. So I wanted to, you know, the dream of being in the industry and I wanted to show a product that I had built for myself five years prior to launching and was using myself. Um, and that's how I started. You know, I, I came in with steady form and, you know, took a few beatings along the way. Um, as far as, you know, in the beginning stages, people thought, you know, oh, it's just another gimmick, stuff like that. And I just stood my ground and kept going, moving forward. And little by little, it, it brought me into other products. And then I started B16, which is a deer feed and mineral. Um, we did that a couple of years ago. And while I was doing that, I was working on Zeus, my broadhead. And that is a product that I've poured my heart and soul into to bring to fruition along along the lines with the help of a few really good friends of mine um, helping me out uh, getting this thing up and going. So I have to ask because the name just, it just, I don't know, it feels like so powerful, Zeus, right? right. How did you guys come up with the name or was there not much to it? No, well, no, there... <laughs> There is. So in Greek mythology, Zeus was the the goddess that would send lightning bolts and, and just impale everything, you know. So um, he was the king. And I wanted to use a name like that for the broadhead because it is a very strong broadhead. Um, it's designed to hit you where it counts, you know. Um, even if the the shot's bad, Zeus is going gonna to shine through, you know. Um, so that's how I came up with the name because of the Greek mythology of, of Zeus, of how powerful he was. That's pretty cool. That, and it, and the, the, like the branding or the logo itself, like the way it is, it's, I love that, like the broadhead itself is in the letter. It just worked out really well. It's looking, it looks yeah. like great planning. It's just Thank a really you. prominent. It makes me excited, like, I know it's in the mail, and I, I was hoping that yeah. you might have an opportunity to shoot them. We did this really quick, though, so that's totally cool. But um, it's going to be really great to shoot them after I've heard everything you have to say about them. Because exactly. it's like reading a book and then watching the movie or something. I feel like that's a, a fair comparison of how I think this will play out. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going you're gonna to love the design. Um, it does fly just like a field tip. And I'm, an, I'm able to achieve that. Um, with my tip design, how it deviates airflow and doesn't allow, allow planing to interfere within the blades, allows it to shoot just like a field tip. You know, as long as the bow is tuned properly, um, it's going to fly true. And it's a pretty, like, it's, I guess I'm not mistaken in saying that it's a pretty saturated market, right? There's a lot of products out there that you're likely going to be up against and competing with maybe some longstanding legacy brands, but also a lot of newcomers sure. to the space. Um, right. you know, how do you guys really, when you go to market, how are you really differentiating yourself? What are some of the elevator pitch points that, you know, listeners can take away, you know, out of the, out of the gate? Okay. Well, the first thing is it's a fixed broadhead and it's okay. a fixed Thank broadhead all, all the time until it's called for. 
So we, we've branded smart head technology, meaning that broadhead does not have to react if it's not called for. So that's how we separate ourselves from the other broadheads because nobody's ever been able to achieve that. So you have so a ton Zeus of engineering work. power that went into this product. <laughs> yeah. That's the case, I would have to imagine. Uh, yeah, a really good friend of mine, uh, Carrie Varen, helped me tremendously like along the way because I, I had the idea um, due to issues I've had through the past with other broadheads and I wanted to build a broadhead that could sur survive, let's say, a shoulder hit or a quartering two hit um, and do the job, but yet not fall apart um, due to broadhead failure. And you achieved it, which is... I did. I did. And you know what our basis was? I know this is going to sound silly. Our basis was off of a rowboat going down a river. Okay. So is there a story there? <laughs> well, <laughs> so if you take a rowboat and you're going down a river, right, and you got two oars sticking out. So there's a yeah. lot of different heads on the market. So if a rowboat's going down the river, it's moving at a pace, you got water hitting the oars, and it's controlling the speed of that boat. Now, if you were to take one oar and turn it in and pull it into the boat, Technically, that boat's going to spin on you. Yep. So I knew um, there's certain broadheads that have independent um, moving blades, um, which are kind of similar to what I'm trying to say. And then you have broadhead failure where you make shear blade. So I knew I didn't want to, I didn't want something independently because that was in my mind going to create deflection and loss of energy. But if you got this rowboat going down the river and the two oars are out, it's maintaining a speed and both oars collapse in, now it's just picked up speed. Hmm. There's no there's no error for deflection. It's gonna go straight into the fast fat. analogy. It, it, exactly. So Zeus is fixed, both blades out, uh they work simultaneously. Um they're under 48 pounds of pressure. So we realized it takes 48 pounds. So if I wanted to hit it, you know, you start hitting deer normally, they're not going to collapse on you. But anything 48 pounds plus starts to drop those blades in. Now, they don't have to completely drop in. They're going to work to what they're feeling. But in the event those blades are dropping, they're doing so for a reason, and it's doing so to save energy and pick up speed and get deeper. Okay. And so, how do you test something like that? Oh my God! Right, you're just gonna shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot, right? Like, but yeah. got, even before you get to be, to be able to shoot them, is there anything yep. that happens pre-shooting test? Like, this is fun. So a lot. I'm, I'm excited. I'm gonna ask yeah. you all sorts of questions. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Um, so there was a lot of CAD work that my buddy, uh, Carrie helped me with. And, you know, we just picked our brains together. Um, I, I drew it out with another friend of mine, Richard. You know, he helped me draw it out and we sent it to Carrie and I told Carrie, this is what I needed to do. And at first, you know, we kind of giggled because it was like, well, you're going in a reverse because instead of opening on impact, 
you're going to close on impact, but not all the time, only if, only if it's called for. So you're going the opposite direction. And I explained to him, I said, yes, because on impact, whether it's fixed or expandable, they're, they're coring out such a big surface. And that's, that's taking energy. Your kinetic energy is there right on impact. And I wanted to have a head that in the event I hit a shoulder, it would save that energy. So once we started putting it together, getting the functionality together, um, we had a you know, we had prototypes built. From there, you know, it was just hundreds of arrows and, and hours and just breaking things to to realize what materials we wanted to use to achieve what we're trying to achieve. You know, at the end of the day, um, broadhead failure comes from broadheads that come into contact with something that's fear, but they fall apart on you. And I didn't okay. want to ha I didn't want that to happen. So even if the broadhead hit and it's getting banged up, it's not going to fall apart on you. Not, not that easy. Now, you know, we're, we're shooting stones, obviously, it's a different scenario. Like there's a breaking point for everything, but you know, on animals themselves, I wanted something that could that could withstand those blows. So I wanted a fixed that could be fixed all the time, and then move to a second fixed position because when that spring collapses completely, it drops to seven eighths by seven eighths because it's a four blade design. We have a bleeder that stays fixed at seven eighths all the time. So even if it collapses, now it's in a second fixed position at seven eighths by seven eighths. But it's doing so to save energy and get further in, just like we were talking about the oars on a boat. And so how far does it actually go into? Does it does it drop all the way back to, to no. basically non existent or what's the minimum no, no. as far as width seven, that you're getting? Seven eighths. That okay. Yeah. That's but that's not the secondary blade. That's the primary one, right? The bigger one? No, the pri the primary is inch and a half by seven eighths. Got it. So it's a fixed broadhead at an inch and a half with the two main blades and seven eighths on the bleeders. If those two main blades react, they're going to drop down to seven eighths. So now you're in a second fixed position of seven eighths by seven eighths. Seven eighths by seven eighths. That's what I missed. Okay, that makes sense. So yep. that's. You know, looking at it, I have a picture up right now on the live stream. So people tuning in, you should be able to see this. Um, and if not, it just takes a second. But, you know, looking at it visually, yeah, there may be some verbiage and things like that on the website. But, you know, the it looks like um, an expandable. So I'm super happy that you've taken a, a moment to call <laughs> out. It's a very, it is fixed. And I, I, I don't I want to say that again. Yeah. It's fixed. It's fixed. It's fixed. Because when you see it. It looks as though maybe it's not, and I, and that's right where I think you're you're gonna have um, D Rock just text me, turn up my mic. I must be too far away from it, man. He's awesome. <laughs> if only he I knew which knob it was, D Rock. I don't know. I gotta figure out where. <laughs> my Hopefully that's the right one. I don't know. Mic one level. It looks like it's high. Sorry for the interruption. Okay. That's okay. Um, but no, that's that's a super important. Super important yeah. thing to note. Yep. Um, it is a fixed broadhead. I mean, technically, I guess you would consider it a hybrid, 
but it's only going to be hybrid part-time. So, right, majority, I think all hybrids right now in the market are going to react on impact. Yeah. Just like a mechanical. They're all supposed to react on impact. Where mine so doesn't what, have to react at all unless it's coming into contact with a surface that's calling for it to react. Okay. And that's an important thing. So one of the questions that came through from the, the comment section here from Greg Tubbs, who's a, a great guy that happens to live down the road yep. here um, out of Wisconsin, he's asking if the blades are replaced are replaceable. They are going to be replaceable, yes. We are working on a kit right now um, for replaceable blades for the head. Okay, cool. Do you want me to bring D-Rock into the show? He just called in. I can bring You can. Uh, <laughs> things are going to get great from here. Here we go. <laughs> hey, D-Rock, you're live on Where to Hunt podcast. Can you hear us okay? Hey, Gav. What's up, E-Money? How you doing? What's going on? Good. Oh, what's up, Nick? How you doing, baby? How you doing? It was the same old baby keeping my thing going. Hell yeah, represent the East Coast. You know you know that's, that's what it is. That's right. We were so, just asking, so, um Greg Greg Tubb just asked if they're replaceable. Nick was just saying, Yeah, uh, they're working you're working on doing that. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Everything is know. gonna be Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Nick. This is your show. Yeah, no, no problem. Um Everything about the head is unique, uh, especially the way we achieve um, 100 grains to 125 grains. So we achieved that by a different size tip. So while I was doing this, I wanted to make it cost effective for people. Let's just say uh, you bought a three pack of 100 grains and all of a sudden you decided, you know what? I'm going on a different hunt, or you wanted to switch up and go to 125, all you would have to do is buy um, a baggie of three tips, which is 10 bucks, and you would convert those to 125. So you don't have to spend the money of buying a whole other pack of broadheads. Okay. And I really like I really like that approach too, because uh, you know we're all working class, and and that's definitely going to be a money saver. This way, you could switch it up, keep the same feral with the same setup and just switch that tip and honestly the 125 tips look brutal man they look devastating oh, yeah, they're very aggressive um you know we uh that tip is designed both tips are designed to on impact move material out of the way um that 125 is a very aggressive tip uh it moves a lot of material and it's almost like we had put up a video not too long ago on social media called Dead in Eight Seconds. And it was one of our guys uh, shooting a Zeus into a buck. where He was using a lightweight setup, 58-pound bow, very light arrow. Um, he shoots this buck. Um, he comes off of the, the front leg bone. So he doesn't get the – what I was trying to show was that there was no deflection um, as he hits that front leg bone and impales into the shoulder on the opposite side, which it did come out. The broadhead did make it out the other shoulder, um, but didn't completely pass through the animal. But what I was trying to show was how that arrow reacted in that situation, number one. And number two, the death of that animal, if you got to see it, was so aggressive, it reminded me of shooting a deer with a rifle. 
behind the shoulder. <laughs> it wasn't your normal death of the deer. And that's what I was trying to show with that video of how aggressive that tip went in, bust, busted through that front scapula, those ribs, shoots the particles. There's been times where we open them up and you get particles from the ribs like impaled into the organs. Nice. Because it oh, just shit. moves it out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually, that was actually a really good video, video to, to show the uh, lack of deflection. Um, and mm-hmm. it's a, it really boils down to your design. It's, it's absolutely genius uh, how it's not independent blades. Um, and no. then they, they collapse at the same time. So this way, like you said, I mean, the, the best analogy that you put out and for for the everyman, you know, if you ain't the smartest man or the sharpest tool in the shed, is the rowboat theory. When yeah. you pull in one, one one oar, what happens to the boat? Yeah, you're actually creating deflection. Correct. And then once you, you pull, pull in both, yeah, you pull in both oars in the boat. You, then you pick you up pick speed. Up speed. And, yeah. Yep. And you and you completely go dead nuts ahead. So I mean, yes. that design is it, it's. You know, I don't want to tickle your pickle too much, but it's definitely <laughs> it, it's definitely genius on the design for yeah. sure. You know, yeah. it, what, it was two years the, in the making. Uh, I was just going to say, yep. uh, Connor Wakefield just asked a question in the comments. He asked if three packs are available. I don't know if he had answered that already or not. Um, they are. So right now we're selling. We have them. We're waiting on our clamshells to come in to hold all three, but people could go to the website and order a. Um, a three pack. They're just going to be in in a single pack. There'll be three single packs for now until my clamshell's done, which hopefully by next week um, they'll be here. Uh, you might see on the the website that they're on back order. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we ran out of head, so we have another shipment coming in here uh, the end of this week. So we'll be fulfilling all back orders that are online and moving forward with new orders. Cool. Nice. And because I'm doing some of the technical stuff here, forgive me, I'm like the worst host in the world, but do they come in different nope. grains, um, weights? Yeah. So now now that the, the tips are done for the 125, I'm, I'm having them put up on the website so you can order the broadhead in 125 if you want. Um, like I said, there's no fear. Either way, let's say you get 100 grain broadheads, a three-pack of 100 grain, and you decided you wanted to drop down, or I'm sorry, let's say you got a three-pack of 125s, and you decided you wanted to drop down to 100, you could buy a little baggie um, with the three tips and convert over instead of okay. having to buy a whole nother three-pack. Hey, Nick, did you, did you touch on the fact of what you told me the other day about the 40-yard shoot on conversion from 100 grain to 125 grain? No, I did not. Um, so while we were testing out the 125 grain heads or tips, um, I was shooting at 40 yards and I was dropping them right in there with my 100 grain. And then I had dialed up to one, uh, 45 yards, aimed down there, and I started hitting above the dot. And I thought it was a fluke, so I, I did it multiple times. It was the same outcome. And what I realized was, for me in my setup, and I'm thinking it's the way the tip carries the air, um, from 100 grain to 125 at 40 yards, there's only a one-inch drop. 
on my particular setup. Say that one for me um, one more time. There's a lot of numbers in there. I just want to make sure I'm like actually picturing that, okay. if you don't mind. Okay. So, so at 40 yards, I was shooting my 100-grain broadheads at a target. Yep. So I switched over to my 125s, and I used my dialer on my site to set it on 45-yard mark, thinking I was going to drop hard into that dot that I was shooting. But in reality, I was I was hitting high, and I thought it was me at first, so I, I continued to do it, and then I I came back and put my dialer back at 40-yard mark, which is sighted into my 100 grain, and my 125, there was only an inch difference between the two. Hmm. And I'm assuming, you know, at 40 yards, I thought I'd see a lot more, but I'm I'm, I'm assuming it's the... Because the, the 125 tip is, is way more aggressive, and it might carry the air flow different, but I can't confirm that 100% without doing a lot more testing, uh, slow motion videos type of thing. Like, we're going to be doing a whole bunch more testing here soon um, to show different things, uh, things that I, don't, I haven't touched base on yet until I can actually confirm it. But it was pretty cool that there was only a one-inch drop, and I was shooting... With my 100 grain, it was 489 grains total weight, arrow and head, um, to 514 grains uh, when it went to 125. Yeah, I so really a, thought that a, was really dope. Really yeah, dope feature. I mean, that... Go ahead. Yeah, I, I thought so myself um, that if once I tested on a few more setups, a few more rigs, this if that's truly the case, I don't need to switch my sights converting from 100 grain to 125 because that inch at 40 is is not enough for me to have to totally move my whole setup. Yeah, that's sweet, man. That's sweet. Not not too much adjustment, if any at all. No. Uh, I, yeah, I, I had another I question. Would. I had another question because you had posted uh, a picture for input and um, you've been messing around with different color schemes, which, I mean, the Zeus Broadhead's already attractive and, and sexy looking, uh, but you had a couple photos out there that, that, I mean, quite honestly, they look dope as shit, and you had the two different yep. color schemes. Uh, have you guys decided on a certain color scheme to go with yet? or? I'm probably going to run them both. So we have a, a red, white, and blue patriotic version. Obviously, the white is silver because we can't achieve white in the anodizing. Um, right. And then we have a camo scheme, which is uh, brown, black, and silver. And I thought that, you know, I had some samples done. And I looked at them, and I thought they, they looked really cool. So I'm probably going to make a run of both and have them available for guys. Um, it's a triple anodize. Um, it's a little bit more money to have done, but it just, it really looks cool. Hell yeah. Hell I like yeah. the red, it looks still... like blood, so I think that's pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. great. For that reason, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it probably comes out the other end as a pass-through is all the silver on there is going to be red, too. You're going to want giant red freaking, you know, tip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in a question I've gotten lately here, so we... We did a lot of testing with prototypes towards the end of this past season, 
And I've had guys ask me, you know, they want to see blood trails. And the, the crazy part is the majority of the deer we shot are are down within, say, 40 yards that we weren't even thinking of it at the time. You know, and I could have, I could have very well filmed it because there was blood everywhere. Um, I put one on Tack Driver TV, uh, you know, on impact when I shot that doe, there was blood everywhere on impact. But that's also going to depend on the hit, you know, like I see that a lot on, on social media about blood. And, you know, if you hit high in the deer, um, it's going to take longer for that blood trail to appear versus a low hit. You know, that, that cavity's got to fill up. But the Zeus tip is going to create a hole that can't be sealed, so it's got no choice but to bleed. Yeah, that's the, the <laughs> nice part about the bleeders, the 7 8 inch uh, bleeders, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I've experienced in the past, I've shot stingers before, a two-blade, and yep. I've experienced in the past shooting a pass-through even, and, uh-huh. and it only hit one lung, but... I, I later found it, um, this was 2017, I believe. Yeah, 2017. I found the deer the next day, and the initial hit where it didn't go through the lung, it actually, co- the blood coagulated, and it, and it scabbed up, and it sealed right back up. And that's why I love those bleeders on there, because it's preventing that exact same thing from happening, which is yeah, it's that, just unreal. Plus the tip itself, though. So that tip plays a big role in that because of the way it breaks material and moves it. So there's a, there's a hole that it creates the size of your finger right in the center that just it can't seal up. And that hole is going to allow it to breathe and just bleed. The size of your finger, I'm just looking at that right now, is there? Sorry, I started zoning out looking at my finger. <laughs> great and i'm also answering someone's question uh mike uh, another last name butchering he be asked what the cutting diameter was we, we i know we already talked about that so i just said kind of re- reiterate it's a fixed blade with a cut size of one and a half inch um a yep. impact depending on what you're hitting and then seven eighth inch bleeders and then or yep. if if it does collapse down it's seven eighths by seven eighths right now here's the other cool part so every so far, every hit that we've done on, a, like, just say a lung shot area, the the cut is always an inch and three quarters by an inch. So it's a quarter inch bigger both ways. And like I said, so this tip does a lot of things. So as it's grabbing and, and pushing material and breaking it out of the way, it's actually pushing skin. So when it's doing that, it's cutting in a TP effect. So when that skin actually flattens out, it it always seems to be bigger than what the actual cutting diameter is. I guess that makes nice. sense though too, right? Like it's gonna it's gonna go in a little bit further, like and do some more damage upon impact. It's not just so precise, right? That's just the size of yeah. the physical actual size or literal size of the of the blade. Clearly, mm-hmm. there's some other things happening when an arrow's flying at, you know, however fast it's going. Right. Nice. Rock on. D-Rock, well, I'm going to kick you e, out and make room for other callers, bud. Yeah, yeah, I have one more question for you, though, E. Um, what are you running right now? Uh, 
as we speak for coming up for this season and everyone wants to know are you going to be running the Zeus or at least no, giving the them Zeus, a try Zeus isn't coming down from lightning in the sky but he is going to be delivered by my post local post person <laughs> uh it's within within a couple of days it sounds like after chatting with Nick a little bit here and um currently what I've been doing is the the rage I think it's rage muzzies just a fixed um Broadheads, I just say two different brands. Am I, am I that much coffee? <laughs> they're like they're super you old. Need, you need right? some they're more. Like, you need some Shabin. Yeah, well, I'm waiting for yeah. that to come down from the sky. Shabin. <laughs> Shabin. Shabin. Pour out of the if that can pour out of the heavens. That'd be phenomenal. Along with the juice. I got you, bro. Um, I got you, bro. No, but I've, I've been shooting the muzzies. They're fixed, right? The three blade, and it's because I've been so. I, I've heard too many horror stories from people that I know closely that have had issues with the the expandables with like the rubber bands on there, whatever the hell you want to call them. And you know, for me, it's like a, it's like a car, right? Like the manual windows are great; it's a luxury. It's a super. You get so much more benefit out of it. But that cold winter, you know, negative fifteen degree day here in Wisconsin, when that fucker decides to freeze up on you, you sure you sure yeah. should hope and wish that you had the manual one. So. You know, for me, when I when I'm hunting, I want something that's not going to fail because it's meant to do something. And so, what we're discussing today with Zeus, um, you're you're speaking to someone that's going to become a real believer because I don't have to worry yep. about that extra shit going wrong. Um, yep. And no matter what, at the very end of the day, it's still going to do the job that it's meant to do, and it's going to fly straighter, more accurately. Right. Um, exactly. At worst, it's still going to be a fixed position. Right? Yes, yeah, correct. Yeah. So I think. You really have addressed what I would refer to in the business world as white space in in the marketplace, um, and, yeah. and you're really kind of hitting on a need. From the sounds of it, um, I suspect that's why we have, you know, throughout this whole entire show, we've had bounced around between five and ten listeners or viewers, and you know, people are commenting and, and joining in. So uh, Jeff Genke, thanks, Greg. I'm looking at the comments here, Muzzies. That's what I meant to say. Uh, Jeff Genke, another local Wisconsin hunter here. Um, who's actually been on my show, asked if there's a lifetime warranty on the product. No, uh, well, that's something we never touch base on. I mean, we've there's no lifetime warranty as, fa as far as um, we'll have replaceable blades, but we didn't, you know, look into actually having a lifetime warranty on the, the broadhead itself because there's so much human error, too, that's involved. You know, I got no problem... Uh, warranting something that comes out bad, no, you know, no questions asked. Um, but in the event of human error and stuff, it's it's hard to give a lifetime warranty. And there's a few companies, I think, that do do that, or one company for sure that does that. Um, yeah, that's tough, for a broad, that's tough for a broadhead that's to tough. have a lifetime yeah. warranty because uh, it's something. It's a, I mean, essentially, it's a wearable item, uh, essentially. Right. So, so you, well, you we're should, gonna. What we're going to offer is so there, you know, there's a spring in there. We're going to offer replaceable springs, blades, tips. So technically, that broadhead can be rebuilt so long as the ferrule didn't hit anything like stone-wise um, and get destroyed on you. I mean, if someone's a bad shot, you just you do a solid or something every now and again. But if they start making terrible shots all the time, then you can start to wonder if they're just taking a hammer to do it or something. <laughs> you, you never know. I mean, there, I, you know, being it within the industry for so many years, you know, you see and hear a lot of different things. Yeah, you know, it's hard to, to somebody could own a broadhead just to say and and want a new one because 
you know, maybe it's not as up to par as when it was new and bang it with a hammer and say, hey, you know, is there a lifetime warranty? I so got leave you in a position. Two more yep. questions. Hey, um, um, you going to drop off? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want, I want to leave space for other callers, and I just want to leave on, on a quick positive note is every, everyone tuning in to Where to Hunt, all, all you motherfuckers, uh, sorry for swearing on your, on your show, but all you motherfuckers <laughs> out there asking questions, this is a call-in radio station. Call in. Stop typing on your keyboard and stop being bashful. Call in. If you have any questions right now, where to hunt is where it's at. And then on that note, if you have any questions for Nick, aside from this show, he's a real motherfucker out of East Coast. Just hit him up. He'll answer any questions, whether it be bad or good questions. He He's there yep. to, to fulfill everyone's needs. So, E, thank you very much for having me on your show once again. And, Nick, I'll be talking to you soon, man. You got it, bro. Talk much. to you later, D. All right. Peace out, fellas. Peace. He's a, he's a man. So, um, okay, yeah. questions are... I get it. Some people want to call. That's all good. If they do, that's great. We'll take them. Um, that's the whole asynchronous communication thing I was talking about. But Mike Hebe yep. asked, do they, do they come with practice tips or blades? Um, yes. So we have a practice head now that we're putting together and will be available online. Um, it's the same head. It's in a It's in a fixed position, so there's no movable parts, and it's not a sharpened blade. Um, it's just a practice tip or tip, practice head altogether, um, and that'll be available uh, real soon. Okay, good to go. And then Jeff, so Jeff, do we did kind of answer this question a little bit, but I don't know if this is going to be a more specific answer. And Nick, by the way, man, you're you're rocking this out. You can just take me. Oh no problem, bro. Like <laughs> they're flying at you fast. Um. He asked how many foot-pounds of pressure, I don't know if that's the right way to measure or not, does it take for the spring to, um, like, oh, let, me, let me read this slower. Okay. How many no, foot-pounds of pressure does it take for the spring to allow blade travel? Okay, so it's a 48-pound spring. So when it hits something and it feels 40 within 48 pounds of resistance is when it'll start to collapse down. That can be achieved with a 50-pound bow, 60-pound bow, or 70-pound bow. It's what the broadhead is feeling. Okay. Looks like he's going to call in, so we'll get probably going to have more questions. I know he's been tuning okay. in his bow in his in his garage and yard, and he's been out shooting a whole bunch. Um, yeah. I, one of the questions I had, I'll, I'll I'll bring it down a little bit or lighten it up, but when you're doing the test stuff, I just think that's got to be so much fun to get paid to do R&D on, on a product like yours. Oh, what, I mean, it's, kinda... it's there's so much testing involved, and we're not even done yet for the most part. You know, oh, there's a lot of yeah. lot of things that, like I said, I haven't touched base on because I want to be able to test the theory first. You know, so we got to run them in slow motion videos and slow everything way down to see what's really going on. You got to have some fun cameras for that. That that ain't just your iPhone camera doing that. You probably no, got some no. really high frames per yeah. second. Yeah, super. Yeah, right. it's my editor for the TV show. Cool. That's super cool. Are you guys shooting like what kind of stuff do you practice shooting at? You buy in like pigskin or watermelon? Like what is it? So, that you said you were testing on so, some really fun different things. Yeah, uh, plywood, steel. We had got um, some uh, shoulders from a butcher from a cow. Um, yep, one video, okay. I, sh I shoot through the shoulder, and I had put a piece of plywood behind it, about a 
a foot and a half away. So I went through the shoulder blade of this cow and went through the plywood and sunk it almost down to the flesh in the plywood behind it. That's um, wild, man. I was a lot bigger than a deer. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, I was running a real light setup. So I was running a 410 grain setup uh, with a 70 pound bow. So the arrow weight was light. Um, I know a lot of guys like to stay between that four and 500 grain mark. Um, and then there's a lot of guys that like to go above that, you know, 600, 700 grains, which is cool to each their own. Um, whatever the case is, the broadhead's going to work no matter what weight you're using. And it's going to react depending on what it's feeling. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to bring in, looks like Jeff just called into the queue. I'm going to bring him in the show now. Okay. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast. You're live. Hey, Eric. <laughs> How's it going? It's going good. It's a great broadhead. I've been watching lots of videos lately on social media. It looks like it's starting to get a popular following on the. Thank you. How are you, Jeff? I was, I'm doing well. Uh, actually, good. I was just out in the garage doing some paper tuning on our bow setup. So sorry I missed the beginning of the show. And if I, you did answer my question, I apologize for that. But no, no, I'm here for yeah. One one question I do have though is I my son, he's a youth hunter as well and he's right yep. now, you know, gonna get out there and start to chase some some bucks with his bow and he's probably gonna be at that fifty pound range. So yep. uh, does that head allow the blades to lock in a fixed position if someone that was shooting a lower poundage and if it takes yes. forty eight pounds to to do that to work? Yeah, so here's the cool thing about a Zeus. So it's a fixed blade first and foremost. And I've had people ask me this. So we've tested with 50-pound bows against uh, steel drums, and we impale right in them. We, we yeah, get right that through that steel drum. Um, uh, the cool thing about Zeus, even on the lighter pound, at the end of the day, it's still a fixed, tape, a fixed blade broadhead first and foremost. Mm -hmm. You know, so like with lighter poundage, you might not really want to want run some expandable broadheads because they're going to take the energy trying to open. Exactly. Where the Zeus is fixed, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So it's going to work all the way around. And it has mm -hmm. to feel 48 pounds of resistance to start collapsing them blades down. Mm -hmm. So he'll have no issue shooting that broadhead. That's right. And your lightest offering is 100 grain right now? As of right now, it's 100 grain. Yes, sir. All right. Huh. Um, what setup are you running, Jeff? Right now, my personal setup, I've, uh, I haven't changed it for the last 20 years. I've been shooting muzzy broadheads, and I've had really good okay. luck to that. But right now, I've yeah, got a great bow, and mm -hmm. I am looking to extend the range a little bit, and I know it's going to be going to Canada in a couple of years to chase a moose, and I'm going to want to extend my range a little bit. And that's sure. where right now I went with the Matthews, the TX5, the new version of the Triax. So that's at 70 yep. pounds right now. So I've got a tremendous amount more range that I can do. Um, it's tuned well. I know it'll shoot a fixed blade well, but I'm looking yep. to extend, you know, it you know, 50, and if I got to take a poke at 60, yep. something that even if I'm tuned with a fixed blade broadhead that 
I know I'm going to get a touch of planing regardless what a tune is, but right. if this solves any bit of the possibility of, you know, a one inch or a half inch yeah. off, you know, when you're shooting like that, I don't feel like finding out the hard way on accuracy no. of that kind of yardage. Yeah. Um, the, the cool thing about a Zeus, I don't know if you heard it earlier, so the way we've designed that tip, the tip crowns out wider than the ferrule. Mm-hmm. And it has these six channels that deviate the air around. So we we have we don't we haven't seen any planing. It, what mm-hmm. what it does is it deviates that air so the blades don't get any planing and it allows that broadhead to shoot as true as a field tip. And so you're kind of creating like a little vortex within the arrow. That's correct. That tip. That's oh, good correct. word, Jeff. Vortex. Right. Yeah. Add that to the marketing yeah, material. And, <laughs> and that's one of the things, like I was touching on earlier, you know, there's more things I want to say the Zeus has, but but I need more testing to prove it. Right. Yeah. And one okay. of, of them is going to be the way those six channels um, deviate around that shaft. So we're going to put it in like a wind tunnel with some smoke just to, so we can show it. I mean, I'm talking out loud, so I'm not going to say, yeah, it's 100% guaranteed, but but the way it's designed, that's the purpose of it. No, that's good to understand. Now, will this head um, work with any micro diameter shafts, you know, five yep. millimeter Eastons, or don't need any kind of I, a broadhead adapter ring set up? No, sir. Okay. It'll work with every one of them. Yep. Perfect. Uh, offerings are just up to 125 at the moment. At the moment, and then we're working on a 150. Okay. So I'm I'm going to be heading for moose in September in Canada. Uh huh. And um, I'm going to be putting that Zeus to work. Um, yeah, I know they got some really crazy hides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're also going to be we're going to be in Wisconsin here in a couple weeks at the Madison show. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you meet the Madison show. Too. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be there. So if if any of you guys are in the area and want to see it, touch it, it's for sale there. Come talk to me. Don't your hand open, you know. (laughs) No, definitely. It's a unique broadhead. Okay. You can have this episode of the Where to Hunt podcast running in the background at the show, making sure everyone gets all their questions answered. (laughs) That's true. I can do that. All right. Well, that you've answered all of my questions, and the, yeah, I just noticed a lot of buzz created lately on social media, and when Eric posted up that I saw today, I just wanted to yep. take some time to jump in, and it sounds like something will probably make a, a purchase and do some testing and, and see if that works well with, with our setup that we're running currently. That would be awesome, Jeff. I really appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks, guys, and have a great evening. Uh, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jeff. Man, we're getting some great questions, huh? This is great. Yeah, no, and 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 you know, there's lots of questions um, that people want answered, and I have no problem answering them. You know, I don't I don't sugarcoat for the most part. I'm not going to lie about anything. Um, I'm going to be upfront and honest with whatever the question is going to be. Cool. Um, I'm trying to read. I'm just trying to catch up on some other questions here. I wasn't expecting that many to come through. I feel like this ought to, I don't know, do you, do you have a Q&A section on, on the um, website at all? I don't. I mean, people can email. 
yeah. they do. Um, and we try to get to them as much as possible, as quick as possible, I should say. We get to them all. Um, it just takes some time. Takes a minute, email. Yeah. yeah. And you're flying into Wisconsin. Are you flying into Wisconsin or are you guys driving? No, we're going to drive in. Cool. Yep. You got like a big brand car in. or just? No. <laughs> we're at the end of the day, you know. Zeus is a new company, right? It's it's a, yeah. a one-month-old broadhead company, and we want feedback. You know, I'm I'm the type of guy that wants to hear things because if if there's a change, you know, you can you can listen to your customers and say, okay, well, you know, they said this. Well, if I can make it better, I'm going to do it. So I'm on the front lines all the time because I'm like a, a sponge. I I want to absorb everything. And then if there's something I see that I can make better, I'm going to do it. Yeah, dude, that's freaking great. We got about um, yeah. 15 or so minutes left. I got one more caller coming in. Uh, we got Connor Wakefield calling from Durant, okay, I can't, Durant, Iowa. So I'm going to bring him in right now. Okay. Hey, Connor, you're live on the Where to Hunt podcast. How you doing, man? Good, Eric. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for calling into the show. You got some questions? Yeah, I got one that was hasn't been answered, I don't think. But I was wondering, that chisel tip's going to be replaceable as well? Yes, sir. Yep. It's a it's – a, it's a, so the way we designed it, it's a chisel slash cut-on contact tip. And um, we're going to sell them separate. A, a bag of three tips is going to be 10 bucks. And that gives you multiple options as far as if you wanted to replace the tip just because, you know, it's not as sharp as it was, or if you wanted to upgrade or downgrade in grains, you don't have to buy a whole other pack of broadheads. You could just change the tips because that's how we achieve um, 100 grain to 125 is just a tip. Now, I thought I saw where Trevor said it was made in New Jersey, so it is an American-made product. It is American-made. Yes, it is. It's not made in New Jersey. It's made in Michigan. Oh, okay. Michigan. All right, on. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, everything is 100%. How often do you guys make it out to Michigan? Do you ever have a need to go out to the plant or the, the shop? Or I was there. Yep, I was there a couple of weeks ago um, when we were finishing up the 125 tips. We were building them and testing them. Um, so I was out there uh, for three days. And then uh, working on some other stuff, too, for the future. Um, so it's not often that I'm going to get there. That was my first trip there. Like I said, we're we're a month-old company. Um, you've done a lot in a month. By. I'm sure you've done a lot <laughs> leading up to that month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a lot leading up to it. Um, but like I said, I'm, I, I want feedback. Uh, I want guys to shoot them and, and, and give me input. Um, what they like, what they might not like, um, because I'm that guy that's going to try to accommodate as much as I can. Yep. That's great. And now, accommodating Nick, like, customer preference is a big deal. What's that? Nick, like Jeff was saying, um, you've created probably one of the biggest buzzes and probably the hottest topic here lately in the hunting industry. Okay. Um, what right. would you say is the most, like, I guess the most occurring negative feedback, have you gotten any negative feedback about the product? 
Um, social media. From what I see, people are like ecstatic to get it in their hands and whatnot. D Rock, you know, told me a lot about yeah. it at the Iowa Classic. Um, so that, and that's a great question. So there is always negativity when you're dealing with social media. Uh, a lot of people don't want to believe that the broadhead can do this or achieve this or want to discredit the broadhead. But at the end of the day, you know, until you actually shoot it, you, you, you can't say really much about it. So being that we're fairly new, as far as the people that have shot them and used them, um, it's all been positive. Um, one of the the the, the best things, you know, is the, is the flight characteristics, that it flies like a field tip. You know, that, that was important to me because I've shot lots of broadheads. There's lots of great companies out there, so I'm not here to discredit any of them. Um, but one thing I wanted to achieve was field point accuracy. And if a broadhead yeah, doesn't fly, then, then that's your, you know, you gotta, you got to revamp and get that thing to fly correctly. Now, that's something crazy to hear is that it's going to fly, like your field point. I remember listening back to, and this is kind of going into some archives, of John Dudley's podcast, and he had someone on about manufacturing, and they talked specifically about broadheads. And he had said over all the years, every head he's ever shot, there was only one, and I can't remember the exact name of the company. But no okay. one had, had one anymore and so on and so forth. So that, that that's encouraging to hear. and. I, you definitely have me considering grabbing these heads this year. I shot uh, Slick Trick Viper Tricks 125s last year and had great results yep. with them. But Yeah, they're great um, heads, no doubt about it. Yeah, I love the technology of your blades collapsing and Thank so you. on. So. And, and the other thing, you, if you notice on the blades, is the wide profile. So if you look at yeah, the blade sideways, the there's a wide profile. So part of broadhead failure are blades ripping or breaking. Right. With a wide profile, you're not going to break that blade. Not that easy. It's going to take a lot to try to do that. Have you, so if have I you were broke to take, any during testing? I, oh, God, yeah. But that's <laughs> good, right? Because they got another limit. That, so trying to push I, it. Exactly. Exactly. So, that you know, we broke hundreds of them. And, and finding out where my profile needed to be. So if I were to take like a normal thin blade, right, and I were to separate it off of a broadhead and, and elevate it and then say like push down in the middle, right? If you use a certain tool, you can push down pretty hard and get them to start to bend. But with a wide profile, you're not going to achieve that that easy. It's going to take a lot of abuse to bend that. That's that's why I chose that wide profile. Yeah. And the and the fact that the blades can pivot inward helps with with any you know broadhead failure as far as blades ripping off. I mean, you literally, yeah, you literally kind of took the you, you came at it from the complete literal opposite direction of how everyone else that is seemingly doing it. And, and yeah. it's no wonder that you're creating the buzz and excitement that you are. And, you know, yeah. hopefully the more hands we get this into, the more, you know, self-filmed hunts and things of that nature, people are going to start to really put this thing to the test also um, out in the field. And I think based on everything you're talking about here and have done, I don't think people are going to be disappointed. 
I'm really no, happy to be no. talking to you at the at such a beginning early stage in this and can't wait to talk to yep. you again when I try them and again when I get a deer. <laughs> I think it's going to be a really fun, <laughs> you know, um, life cycle of this of this kind of following this product. Absolutely. I uh, I was in a turkey season. Yeah, we're we're geared up for turkey this year. We're going to be doing a lot of filming. I have a TV show called Tack Driver TV um, that airs on the Pursuit Channel. Um, uh, so we're going to be doing a lot of shooting of turkeys or hopefully opportunities of shooting turkeys with the broadhead. Um, so a head hasn't been shot off a turkey with one yet? No. <laughs> we're a month old. We're headed there, though. It's coming. <laughs> the race is on. <laughs> That's it. The, the one episode I aired, I was in Ohio, and I had shot a doe uh, in the morning, and I took that same arrow and broadhead, and I rinsed it off, and shot uh, about a 150-inch buck uh, that evening with the same arrow and broadhead. Um, once again, that head is is designed not to be a one-and-done, but I can't say I guarantee it's not a one-and-done because you could hit rocks or trees or whatever um, in the mix. Uh, if that broadhead is collapsing, like I said earlier, it's doing so for a reason. Um, that spring is there to take that shock and slam down in. So at worst case scenario, even if that spring got crushed, say on a really hard hit, it's still a fixed broadhead at seven eighths by seven eighths, but it did so to save you and allow you to get that, that breakthrough and that penetration. And that's why we're gonna offer all these replaceable parts. We're gonna offer blades, springs, tips, so that the consumer doesn't have to spend a lot of money to get the broadhead back up to par if they don't if they don't need if they don't want to. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like D Rock said, that's thinking of the working class man for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the main thing with the tips, you know. I said, you know, I want to be able to change grains with the tips. So now I can offer just the tips either to be replaceable or if a guy buys a pack and he decides, you know, he's got a 100-grain pack and he wants to go to 125, <clears throat> he buys a little bag of tips for 10 bucks. He's got a whole set of 125-grain broadheads. That's freaking great. Yeah. Well, Eric, I'm going to jump off here and open up the airways. Thanks for calling in, man. They want to call in. Nick, thanks for your time. Thank you. I appreciate you calling in, bud. Yeah, y'all have a great night. You too, you bud. Rock on. Well, is there anything, so I guess we'll kind of taper off here um, and leave a little bit for another episode. Okay. I guess, is there any other final thoughts that maybe the questions I didn't ask or questions, you know, listeners didn't ask that you feel like, man, I got to make this point. Um, anything like that left <laughs> that we want to get out there? Uh, I, not really. <laughs> We covered a lot of ground. Yeah, like I, I said, know, um, we covered a lot of ground. Um, all parts are going to be replaceable for the broadhead. Um, we have a practice head coming in. Uh, this way, guys don't have to shoot uh, their actual broadheads. Um, I had some guys shoot some really heavy-duty targets, some Reinhardts, and they'll work that. You know, when you start impaling something heavy, you're working that spring. So you could lose a little bit of validity in that spring because you're hitting something really hard. You see what I'm saying? 
but we're going to have those replaceable for them to put a new spring in and be back up to par. But we're going to have the practice head so that they don't have to do that. Once they've shot their field tips and shoot one of the practice heads, they're going to realize they fly identical. Got it. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, yep. And I'll certainly upload some photos when I get my stuff here too and, and make sure to get out to the range here and, you know, put it to good use. I'll probably go with some of the guys Absolutely. that actually called in, Greg and, and Jeff. Uh, we've, we've been out shooting before. Let's uh, yeah, years to to finish her off. Um, what's your what's your most memorable deer hunt? <laughs> my most memorable one was actually not too long ago with my son. Um, how old? And how old I said son? it before. He's fourteen. Okay. And I took him out on a uh, a gun hunt, and we were sitting in a blind together and here comes this spike buck and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and I give him the green light and, and that, that buck was like five feet from the blind and he cuts him down with that shotgun and he, he, the first thing he asked me was if I was okay because the, the car it was a semi-auto so that cartridge come flying by my nose hit the side of the blind and it was just, we started laughing so hard because he's like, what are you shaking so far? Are you or so much for, are you okay? And I'm telling him because I'm excited for for him. And he's thinking because that cartridge hit me in the head, but it didn't. And it was just a cool oh experience to, to be with my son on his first buck hill of a spike buck. And I, I just thought it was awesome. It's a great experience. I bet you he was yeah. just lit up like a Christmas tree, huh? Oh, my God. That smile was from ear to ear the whole night. Uh, he'll never forget that. That's why it's a most no. memorable. That's super cool to hear. Yeah. And he'll never I forget mean, it either. There's, you know, there's no No. Way. No. And, and I've, I've had my fair share of hunts and great hunts and big bucks, but there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. Well, see, I got, I got a little girl right now, and she's a year and a half old, so... If she decides oh, to take awesome. a liking to it, I'll I'll be there to guide her. And if not, I won't. I certainly won't force it. But we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for us. <laughs> Very cool. It'll be exciting either way. But uh, how do people find you guys? You know, we talked about a bunch. I did share the link in in the comments here on the live stream. But for those that are going to be listening in their car, on the treadmill, walking their dogs, whatever people are doing in life, how do they find yep. you? How do they they find can you? go to zeusbroadheads.com, zeusbroadheads.com, uh, they're all going to link up. Um, we have a social media page also, Zeus Broadheads. Um, if, if they have any questions, they can message us there. They could go to Zeus Broadheads, email us if they have any questions. Um, and a lot of times I'll give people my uh, cell phone number uh, to contact me directly. Awesome. Yeah. Not many people do that. That's a that's a great thing. That means you're willing to stand behind your product. You believe in it. You know it's going to work. And if it doesn't, you're willing to do what it takes to get it right and make sure people are are, are satisfied. That's absolutely. Like I said, I'm a sponge when it comes to to knowledge. So I want to hear feedback. Uh, I want made in America, to supported by supported by Americans. Super yep. awesome. And that being said, it, we it's, you know I don't know. Maybe it's I think it's probably you would know. I guess I don't know if any of the the tariffs and all the stuff going on with China and all that stuff, you know, uh -huh. clearly by getting it produced here, you're impervious to those things to some degree, I think, 
um, or maybe less yeah. than if, if you had it outsourced. But yeah, it's just awesome. You know, there's so many people that just yeah. take it overseas. And you, you yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that for multiple reasons. One being, you know, you get a shipment in of bad heads, you know, you're stuck with them. The process to, you know, fix them is a whole other animal in itself. Yeah. And I don't want to have to deal with that. I, I want to know I could do it here. If I have to drive there, I'm going to drive there. You know, if I have to yeah, make sure a change, I, I can make it happen quick. That's great. Well, hey, yep. Nick, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know it's later hey, there sir. on the East Coast, probably 9 o'clock, and you got, you know, um, at least one fortune I'll tell you told us about. So we'll let you um, <laughs> get back to your evening and, uh, you know, stay tuned. I'll let you know when this gets published um, to podcast land and, uh, you know, feel free to share with your audience as well. But I appreciate you taking time you out of your much. busy day to be a guest. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. So tip of the week this week, I don't have one. And they're a reach usually anyways for all of you longtime listeners, but I will have, I do have an ask this week. Um, you know, I, I really try to add value to every single show, to the listeners, people like you. And, um, you know, one of my favorite parts about having a guest on every time is asking what their most memorable hunt is. And so I guess my ask is I'll do this every week. On Tuesday and uh, for the next show if you get to this far in this episode it'd mean a, a, a whole ton to me if you could call in on the next show and um, if you can't let me know collectively uh, you can send a message on LinkedIn on Facebook not LinkedIn Instagram Facebook maybe Twitter you could email me also um, and let me know if there's a day or time that makes more sense and if I get a sense for um, what could work for everybody if there's a common theme there I might consider switching it up so I get some get some other people into the show. Um, but I'd love to hear your most memorable hunts, and I think that's um, what I'm after here with this next one. So if you have uh, any feedback or input for me there, that'd be that'd be my ask. So not much of a tip of the week, but uh, sounds like the tips of these new broadheads, these used broadheads, are going to be pretty epic. There's a, how's that for a tip? Anyway, have a great day, have a great week, and uh, hunt public. <laughs> <laughs>